Hello, everybody. Oh hi. My God. Hi. How, hi. Welcome. This is our end of the year spectacular CBQ Legacy. Hi, this is Evil Jeff. I am here live, live with right in front of me is, is my co <laughs> hey. Oh, it feels so good to be hugging you right now I in the middle know. of all here of these people. Here we are in Times Square. It's it's fucking crazy right now. Everybody's crazy. Just, I mean, everybody is here. We're here for a protest. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, but but 20- we are celebrating one of the best years ever. Yes, specifically well, in the world of comics in and the movies. World of comics, yes. I mean, politically, maybe not so much. But we'll, maybe not so much. But anyway, but it, it's been 2020 has been probably one of the best years in my life. Don't you agree, Brett? Absolutely. And and, and just who knew that the best year for the Marvel Cinematic Universe would be 2020 after so long, after so many big hits. It just keeps getting better. No, and I'm telling you, I just remember, I, you know, there's been some misses. I mean, Marvel's hitting out of the park. DC, not so much. I can't, I like, I went to this huge orgy and then right after it, I went to see Wonder Woman ruined the Mm -hmm. whole orgy for me because that movie was so bad. Oh, that sucks. You have to associate a good orgy with a terrible movie like Wonder Woman 1984. I know. Well, I'm just so excited for Marvel. I mean, like the things that they did. WandaVision oh my introducing God, Tigra WandaVision and Wonder Man and the West Avenger, West Coast Avengers. Uh, Who Black knew? Black Widow. I mean, oh my God. I think it like be the Taskmaster. The Taskmaster reveal that oh. it was Linda Cardellini's. It was it was uh, Clint Barton's wife I the whole know, time. That was crazy. Oh my God. So much to get through. I mean, oh my God. I mean, granted, it was really depressing that Trump you know, rewon the election. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, I, yeah. By a landslide. Yeah. Just, yeah. And that we're um, going to be rounded up next week for identifying as LGBTQ. That is that sucks. true. That is true. Yeah. That's why we need to, like, protest. And <laughs> is it just you or me or just things, things getting fuzzy? What is going on? Uh, I, what is that light? There's something like some, it looks like a crackle of light. And Should we walk wait, towards wait. it? Yeah, let's uh, touch it. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 oh no. Oh god. We're back in the real We're back in the real time time stream. Oh, god damn it. We oh. should have touched that light. Well, at least Biden's president though. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> And hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 161 of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. I am the real version of your host, Brett, and I am joined by the ever-so-real, dripping-with-realness, Evil Jeff. Hi, Evil. Oh, hi. You want real? You got it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You got it, honey. Listen, this is our best of 2020 episode. Honey, no, this is the best of the 20s. Because oh, it's only the been one the year, so this is the best right. of, the, of the 20s, the whole decade The roaring so 20s. <laughs> That's right. Um, we are going to talk about the best things in the worst year ever. Very exciting. Uh, we've got a few worsts, uh, but mostly we're going to celebrate the good. Yeah. The good comic books, the good superhero fantasy sci-fi movies, and the good superhero fantasy sci-fi TV. And also the year in queer. A lot of good queer fiction and non-fiction moments we'll talk about. Yes. Um, where should we start? 
I think we should start where it all began, Evil Jeff, in the world of comic books, comic books, comic books, comic books. So we're going to talk about what we thought was the worst comic of the year, and then we'll talk about what we thought were the three best. We'll talk about our best comic book character and our best comic book moment. Evil Jeff, I'm very excited. Yes. All right. All right, let's... Let's get the garbage out of the way. So I believe you were saying before when we were talking, you only chose one for the worsts. I chose one for the worst. I chose yeah, a just few. One. I chose a few. All right. Yes. Give them to me. Um, at number three, I put Avengers because it's just, I just can't care. Yeah, it's bad. If, if you can't make me care about the Avengers, like you're doing something wrong. And this is the Jason Aaron and McGinnis run that you and I just never connected with. Yes. And uh, at number two, um, I put X-Force. <laughs> wow, you did that, huh? I'll take I it. I did I'll that. I did that. And granted, there were many worse comics out there, pretty much all of DC. But for but me... your worst. I just don't like X-Force. And I and I just read the most... We are not going to talk about it this week. But I read the most recent X-Force and like, still don't like this. Still don't like this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's basically like, let's just make Beast really annoying and, and have annoying plant things. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. The worst. And... Uh, for my worst, worst, my at number one, it's actually yes. just um, from one moment I decided to just cancel the entire run. It's Fantastic oh. Four. Oh, yeah. For the okay. rape of Franklin Richards. Oh, my God. For raping his mutantum, taking it away. I decided yeah. to put that the worst of 2020. More of a theft. Worst decision of 2020 in comics. Oh, my goodness. Well, for me, the worst comic book of 2020 was Three Jokers by Jeff Johns. You know what? I was even thinking, like, I want to put this down, but I didn't read it, so I can't. Because yeah. you yeah, described just... to me what happened. It's basically like, oh, there's Three Jokers. No, there isn't. You read this no, for no there reason. Isn't. We just got to, somebody said that a while ago, and we just got to address it and move on. And that's what this comic did. It addressed it, and it moved on. And it dipped into that particular brand of dark trauma in the DC universe that keeps rearing its ugly head over and over. And I don't like it. I don't like that brand. No, I don't like that mood. I don't like that, that tone. Christopher Nolan fucked up DC. Sure. Enough. And I love Christopher Nolan's Batmans, but I feel because it was so successful, Marvel suddenly was felt, oh, that's what we need to make. All DC needs to be dark and brooding and depressing. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It's like I blame Nolan and I blame Marvel because Marvel was like, well, we're doing joy and color. So you can't do that. Yeah. I guess. I mean, they, they could have. And but it they're like, well, be, we have Nolan's Dark, so we'll do that instead. But DC used to always be about heroics. Like, it was like Golden Age heroics, like patriotism, like grand. Yeah. And instead, they People just you went, Characters you aspire to Exactly. Be. And now it's just, yeah, it's stupid. It's just icky. <sighs> but talk enough. about good things? Let's talk about the best comic books of 2020. Ooh, our top three comics. Go. Top three comics. At number three, I put X Factor. Yay! You're what did, fun. What did you put at number three? My number three is Marauders by Jerry Duggan and Stefano Caselli. I'd yes. say that probably would be number four. I think I only put number three 
mostly because of the gayness in me just seeing yeah. the how well written all of these characters are and seeing yeah seeing seeing where there's just like other than i boy who better come out as bisexual every Please. character is bi or gay um of the men and just seeing all of their interactions it's just it just i can't it's one of those books where it's like oh it's x factor i can't wait like i just can't wait to read it we talked about those those palpable wants that you feel from each character and how that drives just how grounded they feel and, and it drives all their actions. Their actions make sense because you know, their wants are clear. And why did you pick Marauders? I pick Marauders because it's our book. It's a book about some of our best characters. And those characters are in very capable hands. It's funny it's suspenseful, it's action-packed, it's queer as hell. Um, I think it's the other queer X-book. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Marauders. It's just the, the moments, the humor. I think a lot of my books came down to how well they do comedy or how well they do fear. And Marauders is on my list for how well it does comedy. Yeah. What do you got at number two? And number two is uh, one that does something really well with fear. And that is something is killing the children by James Tinney and the fourth. Um, it you, is n- new, which is nice. Boom comics, not from Marvel boom. Yep. Comic. We're, That's right. Cause guess what? My number two is something is killing. Something the children. is killing the children. Yay! I mean, it's, it's, it's so just good. a fantastic, fantastic book. One that you are glued to when you're reading it. Um, one that stays with you after you read it because it is chilling. Yeah. 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 It's great. And it's one of those where I almost would love like when, when, a when a trade comes out of it, like reading it. Cause I'm so, I've read it. It's just it's so piecemeal. I would love to see how it reads like binging through it again. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's probably a good project over the holiday break. Just reread that whole thing. Yeah. I bet you uh, our number one is the same too. Our number one is going to be the same because this now we're back at the other end of the spectrum. My number one book is the funniest comic book I ever read. <laughs> it took a ragtag band of misfits, again, a device, a subgenre that I love, and spun them into dangerous, crazy, hilarious gold. And that is Zeb Wells and Steven Segovia's Hellions. Hellions. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Tip of the hat, best comic book of 2020. Yeah, seriously. And just like, it's basically the Marvel Doom Patrol. And uh, and just, well, I don't want to give away because it will will lead to a later award. But it just has some of the best written characters. And it's the fact that it's taking characters that have existed since the 80s and have given them these new fun spins. But uh, but it's still honoring who they always have been. Like I have I've gone back and and looked at um, Inferno, but now um, sure. But now reread it with the new voice of Sinister. Oh, like if you go back and and, <laughs> and read, it's so much more playful. <laughs> yeah, just like seeing him as this queeny bitch, like it just makes it it makes the Inferno saga even better. It makes Madeline makes so much more sense if you think of Sinister's motives for creating her is just catty nonsense. Yes, yes. At first it was like, oh, is he love Gene? No. <laughs> no, he loves Scott. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he so he made Maddie. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just great. Plus, it has the nanny. Um, it's it's just so many insane characters. Like uh, it has a. Did you say Con- how do you say your name, Conan? Let's say Conan. Conan or Qu- it's not Quanan. You were saying. Yeah. Who anyway, knows? the new Psylocke, she's great. She's developing. She's, let's her call own, her Psylocke. Yeah, Psylocke is developing her own kind of personality. It's great. Havoc is like c- complex and fucked up. And we got the return of Madeline Pryor. Um, Empath and Grey Crow, their weird murdering dynamic is amazing. I just love it. I love it. Yeah, and plus with the resurrection, resurrection protocols in place, having these characters be disposable expendable is makes it that much more fun as well for some reason we're you know we're seeing a lot of repeat death in a lot of the x books because of the protocols i look i look at quentin choir but which is why x force is also that's another reason why x force is one of my least favorite the whole like kent quentin choir is the new kenny is so stupid yeah it falls flat but when you see empath die over and over in hellions it's great well, that's also because it's not done as like some twist. It's literally done as a joke where he's like, fuck off. <laughs> well, yeah, it's done in emotional moments. Yes. <laughs> With Quentin, it's just like, oh, he got stabbed. Oh, he got blown up. But this, it's they're doing it to each other, and it's fantastic. Uh, plus, I will say that all three of these books, gorgeous. Gorgeous. The art is great. Yeah, um, it's Werther Deledra who draws Something is Killing the Children. I would say that's the best looking book yes, of 2020. Yes, definitely. Although I Fantastic. will say, I will say art wise, I think if I, it had a few more issues, um, was it we, they only find them when they're dead? Yes, we only find them when, when they're dead. We only find them yeah. when they're dead. The art in that. Gorgeous. Is like top, top tier. And I will yes. say Pepe Larraz from X of Swords also. Yes, absolutely. King of the crop. Absolutely. Um, Our best comic book character of 2020 is somewhat related to our, well, mine anyway, is somewhat related to our best comic book. But it's funny that you mentioned Conan Psylocke because she almost took it. Because this was the year many of us learned, or at least many of us questioned and asked ourselves, have I been a Betsy Braddock fan or have I been a Psylocke fan? Right. And a lot of us have landed on, oh shit, I've been a Psylocke fan. You know who hasn't been one of those? Who? Me. <laughs> because <laughs> I became a Psylocke fan before she became Psylocke. Like I loved Betsy Braddock from Captain Britain. And yes. From, like so, and, and before, and like from the whole uh, mutant massacre, like that's when I fell oh, in yeah. love with her. So that's why I do love Betsy Braddock more than Psylocke. I know I'm one of the few. Wait, well, did you only choose one character? I did. I went with one for a lot of these. So you go ahead. I did three. Um, at do them. No- at number them three, at number three, I've, I decided to put Saturnine. Um, I feel yes. she re- I feel she really kind of um she really kind of like it's a character that's been around forever has always been really confusing and then she suddenly was put at the center of the whole entire 10 of swords and she was great. I thought she was like just a great foil, a great character and uh super bitchy. I love me a bitchy blonde in white. What can I say? I I love me a bitchy blonde. Period. 
period. At number two, I put one Erica Slaughter. Ooh, yes. Is the main protagonist from Something Killing the Children. Just this kind of like, how old is she? Like 18? 16, 17? 16, 17, 18. Just this teenager who's just traumatized and who's conflicted with wanting to do the right thing, but also wanting to save the world, but also wanting to be, to honor this family that is adopted to her. She's so complex and badass. The reason Erica Slaughter works so well is, yes, she's so complex, she's so badass, but when she shows up, you kind of know everything's going to be somewhat okay, and that's that feeling you want from a hero. Yeah. Like, every time she takes her machete out, you're like, all right, well, at least she'll fix it. Yeah. Exactly. Which is great. And I'm sure we have the same number one. Yeah, for me, the number one, the best comic book character of 2020, it's clearly Mr. Sinister. I'm it's sorry. clearly Mr. Sinister. <laughs> uh, Mr. Sinister. It's it's just everything he says is comic book gold. Every, like he plays such, as we read from, you know, um, Powers of Ten and House of X, he plays such a pivotal role in the future of the X-Men. He is also probably one of the the biggest like wild cards of like how much does professor X and Moria know what he's doing? Right. I think they do know what he's doing, but it's just, yes. it's, he's someone where his personality, his dialogue, the plot threads that he's weaving, all of his end goals. I, it's all of it is so juicy and rich. And then the, and then his, it's, it's the, and then his cape and, the <laughs> and his cape. He is such a powerful character that he sits at a table with some of the biggest comic book characters of all time, with Professor X, with Magneto, with Storm, with Emma Frost, with Nightcrawler, with Jean Grey, with Apocalypse, and every scene, they're all reacting to Mr. Sinister. Yeah, he steals every scene he's in. It's just great. Congratulations, Nathaniel. You are... Our best comic book character of 2020. Yes. Yes. I do have one request for Mr. Sinister. Yes. I would like him to get a crush on some kind of boy. Not boy. Well, man. Not a boy. But Cyclops. I know. Well, but but I want it to be, like, addressed. Like, I want yes. him to, like, try and... I would love it if he... The way Saturnine is, like, half of what she's doing is to get Brian Braddock. I would love it if, like, then, like, Cyclops walks in and sees there's another clone of him that's, like, his Oof. sex slave. And then the council has to, like, take it up of, like, should they kill the sex slave <laughs> Cyclops? Don't you think that would be great? Yes. I want um a scene with Mr. Sinister that mirrors the scene with Emma Frost from Morrison's run where you re- she confesses her love for Scott, where she's hugging Wolverine and she's like, why did I have to fall in love with Scott Bloody Summers? <laughs> I want that scene, yes. but Sinister hugging Psylocke. Yes, yes. And then she just stabs him. <laughs> and then she just stabs him. So for best comic book moment, did you do more than one? Um, I did. I okay, did. hit me, hit us. Because I've got one. Okay. At number three, I put the new Captain Britain core of Betsy's. Ooh, quack quack. With Violet Swan. <laughs> Violet Swan. And I uh, saw some preview art featuring Violet Swan. They know what they got. 
and they're going to use it. Thank God. There will be more swan. Yes. Yes. Um, at number two, I think is maybe one of the most pivotal moments in queer history that I need to address. <gasps> it's going to be my number one. Oh, okay. It's going to be and my number I put one. Kitty Pride comes oh. out. No, no, it's not. Okay, great. Good. <laughs> yes. Kitty Pride no. starts hooking up with a female tattoo artist and you're like, oh shit, she's full on gay and she definitely is is finger banging Emma Frost. I think that's oh, just for sure. a very important moment, eye-opening moment of like, of course Kitty Pride. Although it's just I I I definitely want to have a thing where Kitty Pride and Emma are a couple and then Colossus is like is this really happening? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> then he's like, did you not, were you not into any of my stuff? And she's like, no, no. <laughs> um, and my number one, because I'm just a shallow fuck. Uh huh. The whole, uh, thread of Mr. Sinister's cape. <laughs> oh, I decided to put as oh, my God. favorite comic Good for moment you. of 2020. Good for you. You did best bit. <laughs> As your best comic moment, and I respect that. <laughs> what did you put as your favorite moment? I assume it's with Kitty Pride. Nope. Five words sum up my best comic moment of 2020. And those words are, I want my wife back. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I, I, think you, I, think you, I think you got the right one. Yeah, I, for so many reasons. Yes. Uh, for, well, I for think because it's not in the just, moment and for the historical well, reasons. Well, there's historical purposes with oh, that's why because the lesbian lesbians were just killing it in the Marvel universe. Oh my God, everywhere. But not only with I want my wife back, but then at the end of that issue where Destiny goes, burn it the fuck down. Burn it the fuck down, burn hun. It the fuck down, because that's where you realize you still don't realize you th- sinister is not the biggest enemy. All these outside forces yeah. are not the biggest enemy. The biggest enemy of Krakoa right now is fucking Mystique. Yeah, because Moira knows like they've seen she's seen so much before, but she's never seen something leading to to Mystique getting her wife back, but not being allowed. Yes. Yeah, that it's yeah, that one is like oh, it's just bubbling, bubbling, it just, waiting to burst. It's just like it, so. I mentioned like in the moment, it was so powerful. Historically, it's so powerful, but also for the future, it's so powerful because we all know the thing that's going to take down Krakoa is Mystique. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's either it's it might not take down Krakoa. There might actually be. I think rather than I think before she decides to burn it down, I think she's going to try and figure there might be a chance that she might figure out how to get destiny back. Maybe because, you know, there's another person outside the resurrection protocols. Who? She might go to Sinister. Oh, sure. That would be interesting. That would be. Um, yeah. Also, can you imagine though? He's like, I can't do it here. We have to, I'm going to go, let's go to Arako or whatever. Oh, like a, a back alley cloning. Yeah. But then she comes back. Um, well, I guess that's only the resurrection. I just, somehow I want destiny to come back the way nanny and wild child came back. Ooh. Or she comes back straight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Would she still be blind? Oh, that would be horrible. That would be queer erasure. We can't do that. Would she still be blind? 
Hmm. Yeah, Destiny. Anyway, best comic book moment of 2020. Uh, can we venture into movies now? Dun, 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 dun. Movies! Oh. Yes, let's do it. Okay, so we'll start with our worst. Um, I'll go ahead. This is a movie that you and I never spoke about, but I did watch it a few months ago. Uh, because when I heard of it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I'll typically watch anything coming out of Bloomhouse. You know, we love Happy Death Day. We love Freaky. Then I watched Fantasy Island. And now I'm not so sure <laughs> if I Was like everything from Bloomhouse. Uh, where it's like, oh, there's your bully from high school. And now there's we're your bully her. from high school. And you get to fight in a war as your father. And you guys get to be hosts at the ultimate party. And you get to accept the marriage proposal. But what they did was not only did they introduce like twist after twist after twist, but the way they did it was like, no, no, this is the reality. And it's this person's fantasy that you all die. No, no, this is the fantasy. And it's this person's fantasy to watch somebody realize that it's not their fantasy to have all these people die. I was like, what the fuck? The entire, I was like, can we, can we pick, can we pick what story this is? And then at the very end, the very end, the there's the Asian character decides to stay on the island and the movie ends with somebody going, I think I'll call you tattoo credits. I was like, go fuck yourself. Was the Asian character a little person? No. Well, how does that make sense? None of it made sense. It was the worst. It was the worst worst genre movie of the year. It's so, it is so bad. You're like, what is this movie about? And, and who is this movie for? It's certainly not. Does anyone really die? Nostalgic of the original. Do people really die in it or is it all in their heads? Oh, no, they really, yeah, they really die. Some like half of them escape at the end. Because of the sacrifices of the others. And I'm like, what are you sacrificing your lives for? (laughs) Why? (sighs) Well, that you picked that as your worst movie. That was it. I did three. Um, At number three, um, you are going to fight me on this because you liked it. I am choosing Old Guard. Oh, yeah. Charlie Theron. I just felt it was stupid and boring, and I didn't like it. Sure. All right. <laughs> Moving on. At number two is uh, something called Artemis Fowl, a great fantasy book. I don't know if you ever read them. Have you ever read the Artemis Fowl books? I did not, no. It's basically a child evil villain. Okay. It's a child evil villain who wants to capture fairies and torture them and get their power. And over time, he starts becoming, as you read more and more, more, he becomes more and more conflicted. But it's amazing seeing this 10-year-old evil genius villain. Like everything told through his. Kenneth Branagh directed the movie and was like, you know what, Mm. I don't think it's relatable that he's a villain. I'm just going to make him not a villain. So literally, the whole entire basis of the person's character they instead decided to make him like a cool surfer boy that sounds like poochie from simpsons it's like imagine them being like we're gonna do an emma frost movie but we don't want her to be bitchy we're just gonna make she's her gonna be 
goth. Yeah, like it's 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 it literally and it was just awfully horribly directed, horribly made. But it was one of those things where it was just like we just didn't feel like he literally in an interview everyone was like why the hell did you do this and he's like well we just felt like it wouldn't be relatable if, if he was a villain and it was like but that's literally then choose another goddamn book yeah <laughs> like that's like why are you doing this book though that's like doing like the lion the witch and the wardrobe and being like i don't feel people could relate to narnia so we're just not going to do narnia like it doesn't make sense it angered me um but i put at my number one um Worst movie. This is going to be so <laughs> awful. I yeah. put, and it says sci-fi because there is magical elements. I put Mulan. Yeah. Oh, is Mulan it that bad? I didn't watch it. was boring. It was boring as fuck. They took out all the music, but instead of taking out the music, they still put the lyrics to the songs in it, but they didn't sing them. They would just put the, this, they, they would put the soundtrack of the music and then it would be like, I'm going to make a man out of you. Like, it was just bad. Why bother? It was just bad and stupid. And they actually changed a lot of things where she ended up being less powerful than she was in the cartoon. And things were less dramatic than in the cartoon. And so I, mm-hmm. just, I just felt it was one of the biggest disappointments. Especially because we paid the, like, 30 bucks to watch it on Disney+. Plus. Ugh. So the fact that I paid 30 bucks for a piece of garbage. For that piece of did, trash. I put you at the worst movie of 2020. Trash. Trash. Um, All right, but let's, let's talk, talk about, about good stuff. stuff. Let's talk about some good stuff. All right. Um, so our top three superhero fantasy and sci-fi movies of 2020. My number three is The New Mutants. There, I said it. <laughs> really? Yes, because it's the New Mutants, and I'm allowed to make whatever fucking list I want. <laughs> I have, I had to do it. I had to do it. I did a tie. Oh, Mostly cheater. because I just wanted to put four of them in here. I couldn't decide. Um, but at number three, I do have the New Mutants, but I also Yay! stuck in, I tied it with the Invisible Man. Oh, did you like that? I still haven't seen it. I loved it. I thought it was really oh. good. It's really good. Oh, you'd love it. Elizabeth Moss is great. And, and the hot guy from Blind Man. My boy. Yeah, the, it's who I want is it's who I want is Moon Knight. Yeah. I mean, not that you see him. Uh true. But, but it's but it's him. definitely like it's it's fucking scary. It's like not scary. I guess it's 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 one of the most it's probably the most suspenseful movie I've seen this year. Ooh, I'll watch it's it after super the holidays. Suspenseful. I don't want any ugly during the holidays, so I'll watch it after. All right. What did you put at number two? Number two, I put Birds of Prey. Oh, shit. I did that, too. Oh, Birds of Prey is wonderful. And listen, I know there's some there's a great queer relationship in New Mutants with Danny and Wolfsbane. Um, but I think Birds of Prey is the queerest superhero movie <laughs> ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Renee Montoya. You've got um, Harley Quinn herself um, identifying as queer. And then you've got my favorite. They didn't identify as queer, but the subtext was pretty thick. Um, between Black Mask and Mr. Zaz, Ewan McGregor and Chris Messina. Yeah. Um, how how Mr. Zaz could be calmed down just by didn't a touch, they share the a, same a caress bed? from Black Mask? I think so. Yeah. At that point, it's not like it's been a step. Like it's you're they're fucking gay. <laughs> subtext, subtext. Yeah, totally. 
Um, that's not subtext anymore. <laughs> Glaring, that's, flashing that's, subtext. Do, what's the opposite of subtext? Dom text? Dom text. Yeah. <laughs> it's dom text. Um, so then that leaves us with, I bet you we have the same Our number, number one, one movie. We sure do. Should we say it on three? Yeah. All right. One, two, three. Palm, Palm Springs. Springs. Yay. Who would have thought? Adam... Uh, fucking Sandberg. Adam Sandberg would have our favorite sci-fi movie. <laughs> Who knew? I mean, I love him, but sci-fi? Um, yeah, Palm Springs, a wonderful entry in the Groundhog Day genre. They really turn it on its ass um, by starting out with a travel-worn subject. Somebody yes. who's already been through their time loop yes. a, a godly amount of times. We start there. Wonderful touch. Yeah, it's just great how um, it just was doing things where I felt like I had never seen a movie like this before, even though it was doing a a genre that had been done before. It's so refreshing when you see something where you're like, I've never seen this take. And you're with people that are genuinely funny. So it's like they're able to pull off the comedy and the acting was great. There was like real like emotion. There were character arcs. It was just brilliantly done. Fantastic. J.K. Simmons was fantastic. Yeah, it was fantastic. Palm yeah. Springs. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Hulu. It's on Hulu. You don't even have to go to a theater. Not that you can. <laughs> That's probably why, why we had the same list. Those are the only three movies that came out. <laughs> when am I going to go to a goddamn movie again? I think New Mutants is so high up there is because I actually fucking saw it in a drive-in theater. Yeah. Do you know... As Brett, you were in the epicenter in New York for months ago. Now LA is the epicenter. Did you know it is one mm-hmm. in twenty people have COVID now in LA? Get the fuck! It never hit that in New York. Yeah, Get the fuck out of here! Did insane. it? It might have. It's insane. Literally, they're like, just don't do anything. <laughs> they're like, just hold your breath, go under your covers. And don't do anything. <laughs> don't I get out of bed. want to see a goddamn movie. And I just want to throw out there really quick, because we talked about best and worsts. I also finally, it just came out, I spent the fucking like $20 and rented Tenant. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? Sci-fi. It's not on your sci-fi. list. It is not on my list. <laughs> Nolan is a genius. He's brilliant. He knows what he's doing. You're watching this movie and he's a masterclass of a director. The plot of it, though, at this point, he's just thumbing your nose. Even like when you're like, wow, I wish this was more clear, like memento. Like, you know, like you're it's a little like it's a little convoluted. Like I was sitting there with my boyfriend, like, is it just am I just high or do I not know like what's going on? you have no idea. And, and he's like, can't... no, I don't know what's going on either. And I think like at the end, we're like, oh, that was that. It's one of those things where he's like, yeah, watch it 10 times and then you'll understand it. Yeah. But no, I don't want to. do you know you what it's about? Mm, I know it's like time fuckery and like things going backwards and forwards. Well, and it's basically they found realities. They have the technology that you can enter a machine and then you can go backwards in time. So you're yeah. forwards, but everything around you is going backwards. So they're like, oh, we need to go to like 20 days ago. So they go through this machine and live life backwards, even though they're going forward. So then there's battles where someone's forwards and someone's backwards. And that's okay. cool. Like, that's cool. My but the hurts. plot of it 
is so convoluted. And I will say this, it's using the same tropes of like, oh, I need to say, I like this, this girl is hot and she's being beat up. And so I want to save her and she doesn't do anything and she doesn't, she can't do anything herself. And she's helpless damsel in distress. And I'm like, I'm over that. I am over helpless women. A bunch yeah. of men and a helpless woman is the cast of this. Fuck we don't that. need that anymore. Fuck that. Anyway, we don't need that anymore. Anyway, no. it bothered me. It's definitely not on my top. But I do recommend Clearly. watching it. Oh my God. Watch Talked it about because Tenet it is like, like amazing 16 to minutes. Okay. Shut up. Oh. I hate you. Okay. What's I, next? I hear that the characters are very underdeveloped. That's what I'll say about yes, that. Yes. Yes. Especially since the main um, character's name is protagonist. Anyway. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about our best movie performances. Probably many protagonists that we enjoyed. So I did a thing where I gave it to duos. I gave my what? top three. Each each of my three answers are pairs of people rather than a single person. Oh, really? Okay. I, I did okay, that. Before you do, okay. I actually, I had to do a top four. I couldn't. I had oh, okay. trouble. But, well, I technically did six. <laughs> okay. Well, before that, I want to know how many men are in your tops. Um... One, two, three, four. Four? Oh, okay. Do you know how many men are in mine? Zero. Zero. (laughs) Yes. Good. Okay. So um, this is also, I honestly, like looking at them, I couldn't really rank them. I kind of just feel they're all equal to each other because their roles are all so fucking different. Okay. For me, it really doesn't matter which is in which order. Okay. Um, so I put um, Anya Joy Taylor as magic. Great, great. Um, she just—if if anyone just she just—I don't think anyone could nail that character more than she could. Like it was literally she was the comic book pitch character perfect to life. I- exact, just brilliant. They were—they were all great. Um, next, I have um, Margot Robbie uh, as <gasps> nice. Harley Quinn. Good. Um, um, do, you yeah. just, do you have a Harley Quinn one? Uh, my number three is Ewan McGregor and Chris Messina <laughs> as Black Mask and Mr. Zaz. Oh, great, great. <laughs> um, yeah, I just felt Margot Robbie just knows how to like balance so good. the comedy and the action just so perfectly well. Um, at number two, I put Elizabeth Moss from The Invisible Man. Oh, nice. Um, she's just fucking, she's a fucking great actress. I'm telling you, even though she's a Scientologist, I won't hold it against her. <laughs> um, she is great. She looks great in the trailer. Now, I'm cute. I, I have a feeling before I get to my number one, I have a feeling my number one's in your mix of pairs. So um, yep. what do you have at number two? So number two, I've mine's this is random, but I felt it needed to be recognized. Um, there is a sci-fi movie on Amazon Prime called The Vast of Night, which was set as kind of like a Twilight Zone 1950s show about aliens. And I'd like to give a nod for uh, to the performances of Jake Horowitz and Sierra McCormick as Everett and Faye in The Vast of Night. They were wonderful. Oh, wow. Our team of protagonists, like um, two teenagers in a small town, 1950s Nebraska, I want to say, um, that understand there's something odd with aliens happening in their small town. Is it town. in black and white? It's great. No, it is not. Uh, it's in color, but it's done like a 1950s kind of like radio play mm-hmm. style. There's a lot of 
In fact, the first, I want to say like 10 minutes is a one long tracking shot of these two characters just exchanging in very snappy 1950s banter. It's great. Oh, I want to watch that. Yeah, it's really good. What's it called again? The Vast of Night. The Vast of Night. Okay. And it's a movie. It's not a... Yeah, it's a movie. Okay. I have a feeling your number one (gasps) is uh, Adam Sandberg and Kristen Milioti. Yes, it is. I have Kristen Milioti as my number. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, she was my number one. And then I was like, oh, I should do pairs. (laughs) She just, (laughs) I mean, that's the one. I think she's probably one of the most underrated actresses, especially if you see her, like what she did in Black Mirror in the Star Trek episode that she was in. The USS Um, Callister, so great. She has one of like the best episodes of 30 Rock. Like she guest starred in a 30 Rock where she just played a dumb bimbo. She's great. She's brilliant. So good in this movie. Like, because she's like the heart of the movie. Like, she not only can do the comedy, but she's also like, because she's the one, Adam Sandberg has already been through the loop a million times. So, so she's got to do the discovery comedy. She's the, the discovery, the, like, shock. like, the realize. Yeah. But it's not only the shock, but then the betrayal of, yeah. like, of that happens in their relationship. And then where she ends up being the hero. Like, she's the one yeah. that saves the day. Hello, <clears throat> tenant. Take note. <laughs> A woman can fucking save the goddamn day. Thank you. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's great. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, movies. Hope to see more of you in 2021. <laughs> oh, God. It, yeah, in person, in the theaters. Oh, God. Uh... Okay. So, TV, though. TV really delivered in 2021. Yeah. And in fact, that's what else gonna we're going to do. do. You're what else are you going to do? So we're going to do a top 10 of our favorite superhero fantasy and sci-fi TV shows. But first, our worst, I gave worst nod to two particular TV shows okay. this year. All right. um, the first one is Utopia on Amazon Prime. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I didn't want, I did not watch it. I'm going to be dark and edgy and that's cool. Okay. Save it utopia. And you're ultra violent and like not in a fun way. Just the story of these comic book nerds going around and they're not even like one of them is Jessica Roth. I'm like, why did you cast Jessica Roth in this role? Comic book nerds going around about this comic that just has taken the world by storm. I'm like, really a comic has taken the world by storm. The one with John Cusack. Yeah. I hate Where they're like, Don't you understand? This is about a virus? God. I'm like, I hate the main characters. I hate the plot. It's so disgustingly violent. And it's steeped in this like the like this edgelord, like, I'm gonna be edgy because that's cool, like mentality. Yeah. Fuck you, it sucks. The other one, how the fuck are you gonna make Damon Hellstrom boring, Hulu? How? How are you, you going to take like a character like Son of Satan? Stop talking about it. The worst. The worst. <laughs> Just boring. Like, super boring. Yeah. And disappointing. And then the other one, I'm looking at you, Supernatural, because what? I watched your finale. Oh, you didn't like... Wasn't I watched a gay your finale. or something? Yes. Like there was a gay confession. And then the character, that, that character, after, like, so much queer baiting, um, the angel character, Castiel... Um, admitted his love for Dean for Jensen Ackles and then immediately got sucked into hell for it. Well, that's what you get for being a dirty faggot. (laughs) Jesus. What about you? What did you hate? (laughs) Um, at number three, 
I put um, a lot of these. I'm basing these on how long I was able to watch it. <laughs> nice. At number three, I put Vagrant Queen. Um, oh, shit. Vagrant Queen. Yeah, it's Sci-Fi Network. That. It was like promoted during The Magicians. I was super yeah. jazzed. I was super excited. I watched the first episode. I'm like, it's yeah. okay, but maybe it's just the pilot. Watched the second episode. I'm like, that wasn't good. Maybe it's just finding itself. Halfway through the third episode, I was like, oh, no, this isn't good. It's just, and that, it's mostly, it's boring. It's boring and it's not good. And the character development is nil and the acting isn't that great and the effects aren't that great. So sorry, Vagrant Queen. Sorry. I found you boring. Um, at uh, number two, I'm putting Avenue 5. Um, oh, yeah. That one with um, with House, right? Running the yeah. spaceship. So here, yeah. what's, what's that actor's name? Um, oh, man. Hugh Laurie? Hugh Laurie. Yeah. Hugh Laurie. Amazing. The writers of Veep. Amazing. How can you make this? It is the most unfunny thing I have ever seen, with exception to the number one I'm about to say. (laughs) (laughs) It's like literally, they literally like set up a joke and you literally could put crickets. Like it's just not funny and i was like why and it's just like how is this the people from veep who are just so sharp and witty and it's just nothing is funny nothing that's so surprising and there is one thing that was even more unfunny oh god what it is called space force oh you watched that and lisa i got 10 minutes in and i was like this is awful like i was like this is so bad how is this made who wrote this garbage shit that's netflix right yes and that's the problem with netflix is they spend all their money on talent forgetting like well if it's written bad it doesn't matter if you have fucking steve crow and lisa kudrow but whatever those are my worst Somebody give Lisa Kudrow a good project, please. Yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to talk about our best. So we each have 10. Yes. Like, do you want to just like bang out our lists? Do you want to go mine yours, mine yours and talk a little? How are you feeling? Let's do mine yours, mine yours. I'm curious. I love it. Okay. So what do you have at number 10? Number 10, I have I Am Not Okay With This. Oh, my God. I have that for number 10, too. (gasps) Yes. It's basically a show about Jean Grey in a small town, essentially. Yeah. Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, it didn't get renewed for a season. It got renewed for a season two, and then the pandemic hit, and they canceled it. Yeah. That sucks, because she just found, like, a more powerful person with powers at the end. She just blew Um, up the 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 football guy's head. mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were about to yeah. like, see the whole fallout from all of that. We don't. But it was good. It was cute. It was um, Sophia Lillis, um, who's working a lot yeah. these days. Um, and then well, I forget the kid's name. She's, Another like, kid from she's like young woman's Amy Adam, Jessica Chess. Yeah, she is. She really is. Um, number nine? Number nine. I put, which I know you did not see, I put The Gifted, the Thailand soap uh, like drama from Thailand about a bunch of high schoolers that um, get superpowers. 
Um, it's two seasons long. The second season premiered this year and it was super fun, super fun, superpowers. And I love the idea, like everyone's powers didn't require heavy special effects. So mm-hmm. it was just like the idea, like when you have this limited budget, you can still do something about superpowers and make it cool. Yeah, it's just like I'm sure there's a lot of psychics on there. Yeah, right? yeah, there's like, like this mind person, powers. Someone's an empath. Someone can like taskmaster, like copy other people. Someone can just make things disappear. Like can hide things. Um, one guy can just touch someone and make them do like the purple man. Like make them do what they want. Like it's all those types of things. Yeah, it's great. And and then the big um, reveal at the end of that one is like one girl finally she could talk to herself in the future. So cool. she ended up being the most powerful because she was just like changed. She basically was, she just knew everything that was going to happen. So she was able to stop it all. So great. Um, mine is also a show filled with people who have powers, but it is very special effects heavy because those powers are born from hell. And I'm talking about season three of the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Oh, I did not. That did not make my top 10. I did yeah. not like no, season I, three. I did like it. I liked where it wound up with the two, with the split Sabrinas. Yeah, but I felt there was a lot of boring in the middle. Yeah, especially because it. it was so good, season one and two. Oh, isn't it like a few days? The new season's coming like any day. Now. Yeah, on the thirty first. Yeah, so I'll watch it, but I I think it also happens that I binged it and then I got sick and vomited halfway through the season finale. Oh. Of Sabrina. So I think that also tainted my view of the show. Definitely did. <laughs> Definitely did. Um, all right. Uh, at number seven, I have... Eight. Oh, eight. Yes, that's right. I can't count. Um, I have Lovecraft Country. So do I. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah. amazing, but there's... I felt like it's not amazing as a whole, but certain episodes were amazing. And that's why certain episodes were amazing. Um, I would say the one about the ant um, where she traveled through different realities and became her kid's superhero. And her, the one Um, with her kid, the one with her kid when she's being chased. Yeah. That's fucking scary as shit. That was great. And honestly, the way it ended with spoiler alert, them revealing that the spell, the big spell they cast at the end robbed all white people of magic and made it a black people only thing fuck you white i people. stood up and applauded <laughs> i was like that is fucking awesome fuck off yes. white people <laughs> oh my god great yep um so my number seven it's it's lower than one would think and i don't want it being number seven. Oh my god is it the it, same it, this one? this sh- the show has my heart. It's The Magician season five. Oh, wow. No, mine's a bit higher, but okay. Yep. So that's weird. Yep. Mine is Doom Patrol. Ah, oh, fuck. I totally forgot about Doom Patrol. <laughs> and my thing is Doom Patrol, honestly, it was the, the sex ghost episode yeah. oh, is the what sex catapulted men? the sex men is what <laughs> totally catapulted it to where it is. That yeah. episode alone was so fucking amazing uh, that I ended so, up putting it there. So my number seven is a tie between The Magician Season 5 and Doom Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Magician Season 5, it's, it's low. I, I, it, I love The Magicians, but it's... You um, just thought once ahead of it, you just liked them better. There just is so much great TV out there that I had yeah. not really experienced before, you know? And so those, those made it um, to the top, except for my number one. But yeah, it, it's, it's just more, like, more new stuff. The, the Magicians peaked, as far as I'm concerned. Um, 
other seasons ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are we at now? Six? Six. I have um, HBO Max's Los Espookies. Oh, I've never seen that. Tell me. I'm telling you right now, Brett, watch yeah. it. It yeah. is basically like if you took I don't if you took a telenovela, Amy Sedaris's Strangers with Candy, and then like <laughs> the magicians <laughs> and mixed it all together. Oh, fun. The thing is, it's literally just told like a regular because it's basically a group of um of Mexican kids are just like of teenagers they're just like oh we, we we're starting like a horror group like oh you want to like do like we're doing like a horror quinceanera and they're just like hired to do like spooky things but in it the one character the main character julio torres who writes the show who's he was he was one of the main writers for snl he's so fucking funny gay he plays this super super gay character gay goth character and there's just a point where he's just like psychic and all these magic things are happening, but he's just like not even paying attention to it. It's just weird and great and amazing. It's just very, I recommend watching it. It's very, I don't even know how to describe it. It's so weird. It's fucking I'll weird. check it out. I have HBO Max. I love HBO Max. And I will just, just speaking of weird shit and the same level, I don't know. Did you like Mr. Show? Loved it. Have you seen Aunt Donna's House of Fun? Love Aunt Donna's House of Fun. Okay, good. That's uh, that's another one where it's like so fun. I was like, could this count as sci-fi? <laughs> yeah, it's just so it's ridiculous. I decided it's, not to, but that's a great show. Aunt Donna's too. Big Ol' House of Fun is so funny. Yeah. It's Much great. funnier than I thought. I was like, what is this? Oh my God, I love it. All right, so now we're at the top All right. five. So we're at the top five. Um, oh, I didn't do my number six. Oh, okay. Um, you don't my number six, <laughs> my number six is the haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, bitch, that's not even make my top ten. Yeah, um, the reason, it, you know, it wasn't great, great, but um, what I liked was where it landed. Yeah, and how it told. Like once I realized, oh, this was actually a very well done gothic romance. Like not the horror I was expecting. It was a gothic romance. Yeah, and it was a beautiful one. And at I like that too. Yeah, I mean, the, this that the the final notes of the reveals around Charlotte Gugino's character, just I was sobbing, <laughs> I really was, and so for something to get that much emotion out of me needs to be on the list. It's weird. Uh, what's the what's her name? Carla G. What's her name? Carla Gugino. Carla Gugino, um, who stars in. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, we, we were talking briefly before about Saved by the Bell, the reboot. Yeah. Uh, we decided to watch, because my boyfriend did not realize the original show, Miss Bliss, that um, Saved yeah, by the Yeah, Good Morning, Miss Bliss. It's yeah, also it just... on HBO Max. And we watched the first episode, and Zach's girlfriend in it is Carla. <laughs> is, is Get like, out! Yes, and she's just like 14 years old. It's kind of crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> um did you did you get through the entire since we're on our favorite tv shows i, I have to say my favorite tv show of the year was saved by the bell it's not genre it's not anywhere on my I list will, there's a later category that i will pay tribute oh to. yes there is yes there yeah. is oh it's a, it's, um, it's fucking brilliant it's fucking brilliant. but it is it and just, i will say this I, there's uh, another uh, show coming out i forget what it's called but it's also 30 rock writers starring holly hunter and ted danson Oh, come on. Oh, Mr. Mayor or something the like that? Mr. Mayor. It looks yep. amazing. Yeah. Holly Hunter being written by 30 Rock writers. 
Can I come yes, right please. now? Right. Okay. All right. What's our What's our fives? Top fives. I have Outsider. Oh, HBO. I. You know what? I fell off the Outsider. That's not on my list. It would be like number twelve. Did you not finish it? I did not. Oh, it, I couldn't. It didn't. It didn't grab me. You know what? I have a feeling though. You probably. St- there there might be there is a part where there's a lull but as soon as they as soon as the monster knows that it's being followed and starts interacting with them yeah and uh and what's her name um cynthia revo yeah it becomes she's like the main character like she's just, oh it's just like woo <laughs> maybe i'll i'll pick it back up yeah it's fucking good <clears throat> um my number five is the umbrella academy season two beautiful mine's a bit higher yeah, I mean it's great. Uh, I think it it out. I think it it um, was better than one. Oh yeah, um, I liked it, one, but it's, it's and I liked one, and it was such a big hit. I'm just so excited that they're already starting um, season three. I'm also excited that the um, what's his name? What's what's number five? No, number. Who's the the the, the Asian kid character? Oh, Ben? Ben, Ben. I love that his character is not really dead and is coming back as almost like a villain. Mm-hmm. But his death was great. Yeah, I'm the, also, Umbrella Academy was fantastic. Also, we have to recognize that Elliot Page will be continuing yes. this role as yes. the same character. And people are like, 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 like non-trans people play trans characters all the time. So why can't... Elliot Page continue to play Vanya. I will say That's it right. will be interesting though if Elliot Page decides to transition. That might be difficult to explain yes. why the character is now. But I feel like write it in the show. I would love if you wrote Vanya transitioning. I think that would be amazing. Fuck yeah! This is why I never. Yeah, absolutely. A character who's never comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. Yes, but Umbrella Academy. That's another one where it was like. I was, I forced myself not to binge it because I just wanted to just sit and watch it all in one Savor day. it. Because it was so fucking good. Um, nom, nom. And the villain, what's her nuts? Uh, the What's the villain's name? What's her, that actress's name? Oh, yeah. What's her name from the practi- private the practice? The practice and, and yeah. Grey's Anatomy. She's great. She's just great. She's great. Yeah. Um, My number four is also great. My number four just dropped its finale episode. And when I tell you, and my husband is not a genre guy, but when I tell you both my husband and I were standing up for the last five minutes of the Mandalorian season finale, it is and the only reason, really something. The only reason this has not made my top 10 is because I just haven't watched it yet. And I plan on watching it over the Christmas break. I can't, I won't say anything about it. Um, the Mandalorian was consistently good this yeah. entire season. I will say and I do not know anyone that does not say that. Like even last season, a lot of people hated it. A lot of people loved it. I do not know anyone that did not like the second season. The talent that they got to create each episode. I mean, there is one killer episode and then it ends with directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, they're what? Just like, they're not fucking around. The, the finale ends with directed by Peyton Reed and who did Ant-Man. I'm like, what? Here's what? the thing. This is what I'm going to tell you. This is where, where Netflix is fucking up. They're like, oh, it's all about the stars. Disney's like, uh, 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 uh. We're going to give you the stars. We're going to give you the directors. We're going to give you the writing. Like they're fucking, and that's why yes. they're fucking Netflix skimps on the directing. Yeah. yeah. My number four is The Magicians. Yay. 
love it. I love it. It just, it was like, it was just like, it's like a warm hug, the magicians. I'm so sad it's over. Yeah. Loved how it ended. Oh my God. All right. Our top three. Here we go. My number three is The Boys. Yes. Very good. The Boys. Another one. Just, I mean, fucking just Stormfront in of its own. One of the best characters created in recent times. Um, It's another one that just highly improved on season two. I felt season one, the comic itself is extremely misogynistic and extremely problematic. And I don't really like it. I tried reading the comic and I have many problems with it. So because the first season was based so much off of the comic, I felt there was a lot of problematic things with it. And all of those things were addressed and fixed in season two. This was deaf by switching the, the genders of Stormfront, by having the female characters come forward and become more powerful. Like the whole ending where the women are kicking the shit out of Stormfront. Like, yes, it's just so good. It's good. It has twists and turns. It has, it's super violent, but it's, it's a kind of how you were saying a violence for no reason. The violence is all justified and it's funny. It's all just, it's personal. And a yeah. lot of times or comedic. in comedic ways. Um, so the boys is also my number three and I would have to say that, um, the best action sequence of the year was in the boys. And that was when they, the boys got attacked by the big dick man character <laughs> who had the, the stretchy prehensile dick. There's um, so many great scenes. The, the whale, the that. whale scene, <laughs> the whale scene, the, the whale scene. I mean, there's so the, many great battle scenes and, uh, this is going to come up later on. Um, actually, I'll save it. I'll save it. Um, but there's more about the boys is coming in a later category. Um, my number two is going to be your number one, but my number one is not on your list because my number one's very personal. My number two is Harley Quinn. Mm, that is my number one. <laughs> <laughs> right, my we'll number two it. is the umbrella Academy. Fantastic. Um, yeah, Harley Quinn, uh, just, I don't even know what to say about, hands down, the funniest show, um, comic book show of, the, of of all time. Yeah. Um, the, the ballsiest, um, the most grounded in character, the most undisappointing, uh, or like, it, nothing is a letdown. Everything that you wanted was delivered and addressed. Uh, it Characters, they all had their moments, they all ended uh, in a very logical place and yet a surprising place according to their various arcs they well, each had there's, various there's, arcs. Emo- there's character arcs there's emotional development there's serious parts there's funny parts there's great action scenes there's like and there's stakes people get murdered people die and at the same time it's hilarious like it's very rare to like hit that it, it's a balancing act that's very hard to do that it's like who would have thought dc who would have thought dc would have the best tv show yeah but but it's not your favorite tv show no and uh marvel very much has my favorite tv show of 2020 oh wait 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 is it something called agents of shield season seven agents of shield delivered (laughs) delivered their best season so here's why it's legit my favorite you and i've said this multiple times i love when marvel does a genre slip I, I like I like when something Marvel related doesn't just do super heroics, they do super heroics through the filter of something else. And Agents of Shield did that 
each and every episode with their time travel season where according to the decade they were in they did that genre Great. so in the 30s they did a gangster one they did a film noir one in the 50s they did a cheesy 80s horror one and it was fantastic and i have to say much like the magicians these are characters who feel like family these are characters who are just such a piece of my heart and to see them it gave you the satisfying all fall into happy end so satisfying and it really just checked in with each one at the end um, through this telepathic meeting device. You saw where they were in their lives. Beautiful punctuation. And they just had so much fun. It was just so much fun this season. Now, Brett, so Brett, a Shield, can you make a plea? Standing O. I think you should make a plea to any Marvel person listening to this, any Marvel executive, of having some characters be on the new, um, was it? Uh, uh, like Spider-Man? No, or, no, no, in, no, no. Yeah. I'm talking about, no, what's the one with the... Uh, the not the scrawl one. What's um, Secret Invasion? Yes. Oh my God. Have Fitz and Simmons in Secret Invasion, please, please. Marvel, if you're listening, Secret Invasion. I Fitz think that and I Simmons. think it doesn't because have you heard the new rumors of who's coming no. back? Oh, Daredevil. But but there's another person coming back too. Jessica. Jessica Jones. Oh God! Yes, of course. With the same actress, so I'm just like, I feel like if you're gonna bring them back, fucking, I think they should do it. Especially, it's like if it's if it's Secret Invasion and your goddamn in Shield headquarters, you have to fucking see someone from the one of the goddamn shows. Absolutely. Come on. Come on. And the reason, damn it, uh, you know the reason Charlie Cox and Kristen Ritter were even considered in the first place for coming back as those characters is because their performances were, we're so great. good yeah, we're not in superhero fantasy sci-fi TV. Right. So <laughs> let's talk about who our favorite performances were in the genre in 2020. All righty. All right. We did top three. Okay. At I'll num- start. Okay. And number three. Oh, I, go ahead. You. Oh, okay. I have summer Michelle from the magicians. Summer Michelle. Bichelle. Oh, Summer Bichelle. Oh, yeah, Margot. Margo. Oh, yes. I, it's just consistently anything she said was pure gold. Always. So I had to give her a shout out because I don't think I ever gave her a shout out in any previous No, bestos. iconic. So I decided to give her number three. Yes. Good. I gave my number three to Chase Crawford as the deep in the boys. I would say he's my number four. And I knew when yeah. you said, oh, the whale, I knew you were going to bring him up. <laughs> He's probably, but uh, there is a boy's character I put ahead. Of oh, him. excellent. Chase Crawford's performance. Um, he is the only character on TV who, who I've, who I've rewound consistently. <laughs> like he'll do a scene and I love it so much that I have to rewind it because of the little like facial reactions and things he does. He's it's, it's brilliant. Yes. But once again, I didn't put any men in my <laughs> Yeah, my top two are women, and in fact, my top two are voice performances. Oh, wow. My top two are Lake Bell and Kaylee Cuoco as Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. I think I have to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bump, sorry, Summer, I'm gonna bump and put them at number Oh, so she had your recognition for a (laughs) moment. (laughs) Sorry, Margo, but yeah, they need to be in my top two, especially Lake Bell. Well, Haley Cuoco fucking surprised me. She's great, but Lake Bell's character as Poison Ivy is just sheer perfection. Perfection. 
But at the same time, everyone like the uh, what's uh, the mud guy's name? What's his name? Clayface. Clayface, and then the what's the what's the I can't remember. I'm old, Brett. I can't remember anyone's names. What's the psychic's name? Doctor Psycho. Doctor Psycho. I mean, they're all fucking so good. The Riddler was great. All of them. Even they're great. The Joker, they're all great. They're all so fucking. Jason. Good. Uh, Jason. Uh, what's his name? George Costanza. As the the landlord guy oh, with this yeah. like, poignant ending, yeah, <laughs> that might be like a best like cast, best ensemble, best ensemble. Yeah, there we go. New category: best ensemble, Harley Quinn. Okay, um, but then I threw in there um, Cynthia Revo from Outsider. I just felt her yeah, she's kind so of great. Autistic God. character that she played was just yeah. so brilliant, perfect, so subtle and well done. And then the guy, I forget his name, but the guy who was. That male actor, the old guy. Oh, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben he Mendelsohn. Is, um, he was also fucking amazing. And you know who he is in the Marvel Universe, right? Is he a, a Skrull? Yeah, he's that head Skrull. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talos. Yeah. So he's going to be the star of Secret Invasion. Woo! So good. Who else do you have? That's it. Oh, I Chase put... Crawford, Lake Bell, Kaylee Cuoco. Oh, 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 okay. And I, number one, I put um, Stormfront. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. What's her name? What's her name? Aya Cash. Aya Cash, Stormfront. Just a, such oh. an exciting character. Such a yeah. horrible, awful, awful character. Yeah, and, and for course, a Jewish actress to play Want to know why my name is Evil Jeff? Yes, all my favorite characters are villains and evil people. Such a Nazi. Oh, God. Do you know, actually, um, so when she, spoiler, when she is dying at the end um, and she's speaking German, I looked up what she's saying what does she say? And she's talking about this beautiful day she had where they were sitting on a swing set, just swinging back and forth. She was like talking to some unknown person about this. It was such a lovely day. We were in the backyard sitting on the swing set. Like it was just not what you would expect. Well, she's not dead. She's not dead. Yeah. Wow. Where does that leave us? So I'll tell you where that leaves us. That leaves us locked up on our superhero fantasy and sci-fi stuff. Our comic books, our movies, our TV round of applause, round of applause, everybody. Oh my God. Now I just, we're going to get into a smattering of some queer content. All right. Yes. Starting with our best queer movies, best queer movie. Oh, you have movies. Oh no, no, no. I only had one. Oh, okay. I only put one down too. And I highly recommend people watching this. And mine is Yes, it's an anime. <laughs> and I'm going to attempt to say the name of it. Okay. All right, here we go. It is called Sazuri Turi Wa Habata. Nope, I didn't do it. Habatakanai. Habatakanai. Anyway, it it's called to? Twittering Birds Never Fly. It's one of these movies where you're like, this probably could only be done as an anime because it is so fucked up. But it's it's basically done as a film noir, but a gay film noir. So it's all mafia people, but gay. So basically, the one head of this Akuza is like a, is known as like a hungry power bottom. Like he's literally called yes. like a hole or something because he just loves <laughs> like getting fucked. 
So what he ends up doing is he keeps on wanting to fuck all of his bodyguards. So they give him this hot, impotent bodyguard. (laughs) And basically it's like this hungry power bottom and this impotent bodyguard like slowly falling in love. But they can't really have sex. It is like kind of amazing and brilliant, and and it's it's in the end it's going to be three movies. It's like a trilogy, and this was part one, the first movie, and it's it's pretty brilliant. I love it. I highly recommend it. Trittering birds never fly. It's also very dirty and very sexual. Love it. There's a lot of sucking soft wieners. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my early 20s when I wasn't sure about how to drink right. Now, I will put in this, I have a, um, um, I will put there is a, for best queer film. I want to put like a caveat and I don't know if, but maybe I'll say my caveat after yours in case yours is one of the ones I want to say. Oh, so for mine, um, I actually, it's not going to be. Um, I wanted to recognize, I went with an animated short. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went with Out on Disney Plus because Because you wanted to fuck the lumberjack gay guy. I wanted to fuck the lumberjack gay guy, but just the fact that there is an animated short on Disney Plus called Out about a magical cat and dog getting a man to be comfortable with coming out to his parents, um, it's kind of the same... Uh, plot is happiest season. Um, And I think both while it's tired and cliched that these queer stories are about coming out to one's parents, um, that fear is still very real. But this is what you like. This is Disney plus aimed for younger audiences. But this is exactly, it's it's like, exactly. This is, I hate it when it's pandering to people that should already know this. This was made for, for an audience of, this is, Hey kids. Yes, exactly. And I think that is highly significant. I mean, and it's adorable and well-made and well-animated, but also it's for kids. <laughs> so I think that is such a leap forward. And I think it was just, it, it's the thing I think that brought me the most joy to see in terms of queer cinema this and year. I will, my caveat is everybody go out. And as you know, I love me some soap operas. So guess what I can watch with ease? A bad Hallmark Lifetime Christmas movie. I can watch a bad romantic Christmas movie till the cows come home. And what's different about this year is there are gay ones now. First of all, there is Happiest Season with Kristen Stewart. Yep. And that is actually, a you can't even call that like a Lifetime movie because it's it's just a really fucking good movie. That was, But at the same time, not only is there that, I also watched recently The, hap, uh, the Christmas Setup with Fran Drescher. Oh, I want to watch that one. It is adorable. It's adorable. I thought it was so cute. And it's played by like a real husband and husband. Like the people are married. The actors are married in real life. So like there's just full, like the chemistry is like clearly like real. It's just so sweet. I will say I like more drama. There's literally no drama. It's just like the biggest drama is like resolved in like three seconds. It's literally, there's nothing sad that happens at all. I'm going a little bit more depression, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so cute. And then there's more. There's like a whole bunch of other ones of gay. There's one with Andy McDowell plays the mom and it's like a cowboy gay one. 
Like, there's a whole bunch of, like, gay Christmas movies coming out. Like, yeah. I love this. I think... I definitely want to give a shout out to like that whole like soft and softening normalization of gay relationships yes. in media. Yes. Uh, gay relationships. They're just like yours. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and gay characters, queer characters, they're just like us too. And we've seen a lot more of them, a lot more of them this year in comic books and movies and TV. Yes. So we are honing in our favorite queer characters from any medium. Um, that one, I, you know what? I just did comics. I don't know why I didn't do the other ones. <laughs> oh, I actually just did TV. I've got two. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I had to choose Mr. Sinister and Dakin and Kitty Pride. Yeah, good. And then I threw in the 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 captain from. We only find them when they're dead. Hell yeah. Good, Jason. We'll call him. Um, who else? Oh, and then I'm going to throw in Kristen Stewart and Dan Levy. Yes. And uh, Julio Torres's character. Why not? Who else? Spookies. Let's do it all. Fine. I'm going to throw in Elliot from the Magicians. There's my. I never gave you a shout out. Oh, and that's here it right. Is. That's oh yeah. And then um, the other, the gay character from the Magicians too. Correct. What's his name? Who is that? Seance. You mean Elliot? No, the, the gay male character. Um, I'm describing a gay male character, so I'm not sure who you mean. Oh, I thought you were talking about Elliot Page. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Elliot. From Elliot the Page plays Vanya. Oh, you mean the character Elliot. Holy shit. Are you listening to a word I'm saying? Oh, well, I'm that's never confusing. I thought you were umbrella. talking about Elliot Page. Nope. Magicians. Oh, you're talking about magicians. Oh, I'm. Yep, said the magicians eight times. Oh, my God. Elliot. Okay, yes, yes, yes. All right, sorry. I had a stroke. I had a stroke. That's okay. okay. All right, yeah. My favorite queer character of the year, and this is how I fit in my favorite show of the year, is Lexi on Saved by the Bell. Because not only do we have a trans woman, a trans teenager as a lead character in a show, but it is my favorite character archetype. It is the Jenna from 30 Rock character. I it is act- the, dare I say, the Emma Frost. <laughs> I actually decided to hold her off for, we have a later one called Best Queer in Real Life. Yes. And I'm holding her off because she's actually in Big Mouth as well. I watched Big Mouth. Oh, she is? Yes, she plays a trans character in that. And so I Josie Tosa? Josie Tota. And so I um, wanted to give her just a shout out overall of how great she is. But oh, yes, fuck yeah. she, her comedic timing, like she's, oh, she's so perfect. She, it's, there's that one line that's in the previews of just like, um, I have a mixtape of, from DJ, was it like from DJ Khalid's son. It's baby, baby. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. <laughs> She's fantastic. The episode where she had to, like all the different, they needed the school to come together to fight for Bayside, but all the different cliques were fighting. So she realized they needed a common enemy 
So she stood up in front of all the cliques and told them all off. (laughs) So they all hated her and they rallied around how much they hate her. And also, but it ended with the fact that also the male characters, everyone is willing to date her and there's no hangups. And I, at one part of None. me was like, this feels unrealistic that maybe that should be addressed. But then at the same time, I was like, let's not address it. No. Because I will say let's... that is addressed in Big Mouth. Seth Rogen plays a character that falls for the trans character in Big Mouth. And mm-hmm. he's embarrassed to let anyone know. And then she's all fucked up from that. And so it's like kind of addressed in that show. But I like that in Saved by the Bell. It's like, No. No, it's normal. It's normal. She's a woman. Yeah. And she winds up kissing, well, spoilers. She winds up kissing um, Jamie Spano at the end. Okay. Jesse's son. Okay. It was always Zach or Slater, but now it's Jamie or Mac. Who do you choose, Jamie or Mac? All right. So I have to share this with you. I think Mitchell Hoog, who plays Mac Morris, is the hottest thing on the planet. You have told me because you feel he's a little more like non-binary in real life. Yeah. But also beautiful. Like, but also the guy that plays Jamie. Oh, my God. It's one of those things. But it is. And they show off how hot he is all the time. Isn't it kind of crazy? We're like, but it's the same reason why I'd have trouble choosing between Slater and Zach is the exact same reasons why I have trouble choosing. Yes. The type, the different types. They're the exact same types. Let me tell you, though, I'll go. I'll take Mario Lopez over all of them. (laughs) Have you seen his Colonel Sanders movie? No, on Lifetime, no. There's a Colonel Sanders Lifetime movie starring Mario Lopez, and I have to see it. What is it, Recipe for Seduction? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, I think that leads, we kind of started getting into it, Best Queer in Real Life. Best Queer in Real Life. Um, So you went with Josie. Josie Toda. I also threw in Kristen Stewart as well and julio torres from los spookies i think they're they they make me proud of being gay where if you go on gay tiktok you're like Ugh, maybe the yeah. maybe the christians are right <laughs> <laughs> i love that you honed in on like who instilled a feeling of pride yes in you yes that's what i did too um i i read a quote uh, like a few months back like in the middle of the year somebody said what's the point of being on this earth if you're trying to be somebody if you're trying to be something you're not yeah and i was like oh what like yeah like that says it all and that was by zaya wade daughter of Dwayne wade and gabrielle union who came out as transgender with the full support of her celebrity parents um who fought the haters tooth and nail. Oh, poor, um, the poor Dwayne Wade, all of like these basketball people like coming after him yeah, for, su- yeah. for having the audacity to support his daughter. To support. Yeah, <laughs> I think that whole story is what it's all about. And it, it is it is what the best of us looks like. And that quote is what the best of us and sounds I, like. Just, and just, so, just uh, tailing off of that, I just want to, um, one of the reasons I put Kristen Stewart is because she gave, I might've talked to this before, she gave an interview on the AV club where they were being like, wait, well, not every, but your person who plays your partner isn't gay. Why do you feel that's bad that you gave this to a non-gay person? Blah, 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 blah. And she gave the most nuanced thing about whether straight people should play gay characters. And she gave the most nuanced, honest answer. It wasn't bullshit. And in the end, she just ended up like, just don't be an asshole. 
and listen. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And it was like, oh my God, like, thank you. Like, that's what we just need to be in this world. Just don't be an asshole and listen. Yep. What about queer um, moments, Brett? Queer moments. There's a lot of good ones, but I honed in on one. Oh, I have four. <laughs> Hit us with them, girl. Um, And the one, let's talk about one. I'll talk about the one that's like probably the most evil and that's mean of me. Okay. Um, one of my favorite queer moments is the fall of Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's celebrate that. Fuck yeah. Uh, just as someone who's in the industry here in LA yeah. and have known many people, it. I have friends that work on her show. I have heard for over a decade of how mean and horrible really? she is. Um, so just hearing the her come up and I just I enjoyed it. I will say it's also it just pisses me off that um, there are many men that are just as awful as her. And I do feel like she definitely was more pointed out and more vilified because she is a woman, which I do have a problem yep. with. But um, I do enjoy that just because you're a lesbian doesn't mean you get a free pass. You're still a fucking bitch. Um, That's right. I also threw in there, I loved the moments, the lesbian moments in television, like The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, guess what? This is a lesbian movie. Surprise. Surprise, lesbian gothic romance. Wasn't it great? (laughs) I love that. Where We're just like, oh, yeah, you thought you were just going to watch a horror movie? No, you're going to watch fucking lesbian porn. Deal with it. Deal with it. (laughs) It's lesbian porn. Deal with it. (laughs) That scene where, spoiler, um, where Jamie finds, not Jamie, uh, who's the gardener? Jamie was the gardener. Um, And I can't remember. Danny. Danny. When Jamie finds Danny at the bottom of the fucking lake and screams and like grabs her heart and just screams. Wow. Like I'll never, I'll never forget that shot. Yeah. Um, I also love the coming out of Elliot Page. Yay, of course. That needed to be mentioned, of course. And uh, Good for him. But I think one of my favorite queer moments was the Emmy sweep of Schitt's Creek winning all the Emmys in college. Yes, yes, yes. Seeing a man in a dress accept Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> like, That's great. right. Like, I, sweep. It was great. It and it deserved it. It so good. Of course, yes. Yeah, and you know, I mean, like the wedding of David and um, what's his name on the show. Another great yeah. pop culture moment. Um, yeah, so my best queer moment is very much steeped in a lot of what we talked about before. It is pop culture, not real. It is Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy driving off in the sunset, Thelma and Louise style at the end of Harley Quinn season two. I put that in with my blind manner of like, guess what? Nope, yep. you're watching a lesbian romance this whole yep. time. Lesbians <laughs> ruled the roost in 2020. Fuck, yeah, okay? Kristen Stewart. Yeah, lesbians. I will say lesbians beat out gays in. They absolutely in, in did. Television and movies this year. Absolutely did. Step it up, gays. Come on, boys. <laughs> So, uh, lastly, we have two pandemic-related categories. (laughs) Uh, We have the best pandemic binge, and we have our pandemic entertainer of the year. All right. Um, Who you got? How many did you do? Best pandemic binge, I found five. Do it. I mean, honestly, because there's a million, pretty much. A million. 
But first I want to throw, as you know, I've mentioned many times in this show, something called Gay Thai Soap Operas. <laughs> and the YouTube channel that has all of them is called GMMTV, which you just GMMTV, go find it on YouTube. It, not, it also has the show like The Gifted that is not gay. But it's interesting because the way uh, Thailand works, all of the, the TV shows, it's kind of like the old Hollywood system where it's like, if you work for this TV network, they, it's the, they only use all the same actors. So it's the same kind of running group of like 50 actors that are in everything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and basically there's just like a million different gay soap operas that came out this year from that one company um, that were just like, if you just want to like watch cute boys falling in love while the whole world is ending, there you go, do it, do it. How many did you come up with for best binge? Two. What's another one of yours? Tiger King. Tiger King didn't watch. Tiger King is what saved us from the pandemic. (laughs) It is what Tiger King is what saved us from going insane when we didn't know what the fuck was happening. All we knew is that there was a deadly virus outside and we were trapped in our homes and we weren't allowed to go near each other. And it was the craziest fucking shit. What kept us from going completely insane was Tiger King. At least we all had Tiger King. And that is what we built community around was fucking Tiger King. So it gets a shout out. I give that my point, the point in time you're talking about, I was not watching Tiger King. I was watching the number one Korean drama of the time, (laughs) which is called Crash Landing on You, which is what I highly recommend about a woman, a rich female CEO accidentally parachutes into North Korea (laughs) and falls in love with one of the hottest North Korean soldiers you have ever seen in your life. Um, It's great. Um, My next one I just want to throw out is uh, it didn't come out this year, but it came to Netflix this year. And that is Cobra Kai. Um, Oh, couldn't get through it. Oh, you didn't like it. Oh, I loved it. The acting. Oh, what did you expect? It's the same actors from the original movies. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I, I, and plus I had this weird thing. Like I, I saw Cry to Kid 80 billion times when I was a kid. I always kind of hated it. What? Yeah. Why did you see it 80 billion times then? I don't know. Because I was a kid and I had all I did was sit in front of the TV and watch HBO. But <laughs> I think what it was is that the bullying... I think because I was bullied so much as a kid, it like me. A, it, it really triggered me. Like the story of this kid who got bullied, like I, I just it bothered me. Yeah, it gave me Ajita. <laughs> but my number one best binge was Saved by the Bell. Absolutely yes, um, definitely Saved by the Bell. Um, the other one I forgot to mention. I'm sorry, I had three. Uh, legendary on hbo max which was the ballroom competition right i couldn't get through to that. see <laughs> oh really i loved it i really loved it and um to see houses just just go through the competition and for the world to be introduced to the whole concept of houses and ballroom and um yeah i wanted great. there to be more individual show. categories like it didn't feel like paris i thought it would be like paris is burning and it was more yeah. just like a reality show and i didn't like it yeah yeah sure yeah yeah like, yeah fuck you um all right well then that brings us to our entertainer of the year well here's the deal what how do we describe an entertainer and this is the thing is i hate giving an award (laughs) to someone vile 
and to someone disgusting. But I'm telling you right now, anytime this person came on screen, they fueled with the laughs. Whether it's them standing in front of what they thought was a hotel. And, but it's not a hotel. It's actually just like a, a woodworking place. Whether it's they're sweating so much that their hair dye starts falling <laughs> yeah. down their face. It's a landscaping place, yeah. Whether they <laughs> fart on live television during... It's fucking Rudy Giuliani. I know he's a vile <laughs> gremlin of a human being. But when you see... When you say pandemic entertainer of the year... Yep. It is fucking Rudy Giuliani. This garbage piece of person yep. provided me with more laughs of like, you are so, the, like the right clown. so ridiculous. You're a fucking clown. What a clown. And I could watch you fail and humiliate yourself all day. I can't yep. wait to watch you go to jail. I can't can't wait to watch you be put in the electric chair <laughs> as the hair dye goes down your face. Anyway. Yep. I think that's a great one, Evil Jeff. That, I think like, that is so, that's so perfect. That is so perfect. Um, my pandemic entertainer of the year is COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> Who brought us more entertainment in our lives? Who brought us bigger doses of concentrated entertainment? COVID-19 forced us to watch so much more TV than we ever would have and listen to so many more podcasts and read so many more books. It also put a lot of entertainment on hold, but it also gave us no choice but to sit there and find whatever entertainment we could. And that is a true entertainer in my book. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My real entertainer of the year is Kaylee Cuoco <laughs> for Harley Quinn and for the flight attendant. Thank you so much. Did you see the flight attendant? The flight attendant is is up there with Saved by the Bell is my favorite show of oh, the year. Oh, really? So oh many my God, girl. Garbage. I want to watch no, it. Watched no, it. Is it good? no. The fl- so uh, the flight attendant, like, did you watch The Undoing? I can't remember. I did not watch The Undoing either yet. No. If, so the undoing is like, it's like tasteful rich people and it's very thought, thoughtful kind of. Mer- so if the undoing is fine dining, then yeah. the flight attendant is like that restaurant with the great margs and the great nachos that you wish you were at instead <laughs> of the fine dining restaurant. Like the flight attendant's like, no, you wanted to watch a murder mystery. Here you go. Here's a main character who is super bitchy like an alcoholic, and drinks. Right? drinks way too much here's rosie perez in the role of a lifetime and then here is this wonderful like sexy unfolding violent mystery it is so fucking good and the finale delivered everything you wanted like by the spoonful like here you go we know i know it got renewed for season two already yeah and the way they set up season two is genius i'm telling you like honestly you know know the showrunner's gay right yes do you know how uh, I know that? How do you know? He slept with one of my best friends. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> well, tell him if you can, I'd love his damn show. Uh, seriously, the flight attendant is okay, up there. Like the, the flight attendant's my favorite. I have to think, it's but would so you, will you please watch Los Spookies for me? I will watch Los Spookies if you watch the flight attendant. Okay. Um, Kaylee Cuoco is my entertainer of the year. So great. She's lovely. Love me she some is the Cuoco. moment. 
Is it Cuomo? Is it Cuoco or Cuoco? I'm saying Cuoco. Cuoco? Somewhere in the middle of those two choices. Coming down to Cuoco. That's where we want to go. Sorry. Don't be. It was beautiful. (laughs) Um, That was it. That was what we thought. That's the best of the 20s. Of 2020. The best of the 20s. Yeah. Best of both of those 20s. And if you're missing um, some X-Men, well, guess what? We're going to have a full... We'll come back. Coming in next year, we're just going to fucking catch up with the X-Men and get... We'll do an extravaganza. Good. Extravaganza! Clack, clack, yes. clack, 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 um, And fi- I think finally, I just want to say to 2020, fuck you. Don't ever come back. Go fuck <laughs> yourself. You're the worst. We hate you. And fuck you. This and- year sucked. Yes, and also I'm just going to throw this out here. Everybody always said my favorite thing, my thing that I hated the most at the end of the year is when someone's like, see you next year. And you're like, shut the fuck up. Can we just try as long as we can? Can we just not have 2020 be a punchline of like, oh, that's as bad as 2020. Oh, right. I just want to cut that right now. Stop uh, it. Let's just never 2020 called. They want their news back. Yeah, we don't. We're just going to never speak of this don't. year again. <laughs> it never happened. It Just never like happened. Emma Frost murdering the Inhumans, it, <laughs> it never, never happened. happened. I don't know what you're talking about, Brent. There you go. There's your X-Men. There's what you want from us. <laughs> there's the content you come for. And there's one other person I need to thank. And that's you, Brett. Oh, evil child. Because through this whole pandemic, I've been watching and reading a bunch of comics that no one else reads. And I have no one else to talk to about it except you. So thank you for keeping me sane. You're welcome, true friend. And I will say that I love that you and I like persevered and found new formats for the show and decided to do different stuff when the pandemic was preventing comic books from coming out. We stuck together like good waffles. Yes. We stuck together through this year. Yes. We made it work. Yes, we did some queer icons. And maybe we'll revisit yeah. that kind of format again. Who knows what'll happen it was next great. year? Maybe when the maybe when the Proud Boy riots start and comics are delayed again, we'll have to figure something else out. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I am grateful for you and I am grateful for this year being over. All right. And I'm grateful I- for another fact. I don't know if I'm super grateful that if you read comics, well, then that will make all of us queer. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. For those of you celebrating Christmas, Merry Christmas. For those of you celebrating Kwanzaa, Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Happy Hanukkah to the people who just wrapped that whole thing up. Happy Atheist Day. That's Happy Atheist Day. Diwali was a month ago. Oh, my God. And fuck everybody. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.